Hi everyone. I used to attend a school just at the bottom of this hill. I remember school playground days when we had an interesting way of gathering people for team games. A person would stand in the middle of the playground, they'd extend their arms and they'd shout, all in for, followed by football, cricket or some other game. Our new series on partnership is a call for us to be all in. All in for church and actually all in for life together. Believe it or not, I was football captain of our junior school team. Obviously, I wasn't very tall and perhaps skillful would not be a word that would be used about me. However, I fondly remember my school report which said, a reliable football captain. At least, I regularly turned up. Actually, in church, there is real power in just turning up. It's great, I think, at the moment that Lincoln City are doing so well. I think that there are a number of contributing factors to their success. They have clear vision of what they want to achieve, good management and leadership, and a lot more people willing to support and become part of the journey. So our call to everybody today is all in for church. Have a great, great day. Wonderful. Well, good morning. It's great to see you all this morning. It's an honour to be here in Wyndham um, and travelled down again this morning from Lincoln. And it's just great uh, to be here. As Stuart said, we're starting a brand new series this morning. It's a six-week series and it's called All In. And we're introducing a brand new concept into the life of a life called partnership. And um, I don't know if you, like me, have ever had a moment in your life where you've gone all in for something. For me, it was when I was about 13, 14, and I was um, big into tennis. I was playing county-level tennis, and I was also pursuing music. And uh, for me, they both converged on a Friday evening. Uh, Tennis um, practice and tennis events took place on a Friday evening, as did my local orchestra, which I had to give time to. And there was a moment of decision where I had to make a decision. I've got to go all in for one thing or the other. At the time, I chose music, and for many of you who know me, that's proved a pretty good decision. Um, I'm not sure I would have led tennis for the Lord, but I've led worship for the Lord, which has been great. Um, and I also think about my wife. My wife uh, grew up at uh, a much younger age. Uh, she um, pursued swimming. Now that, if you've ever swum for kind of um, a serious level, the nature of being all in for that means that you're in the swimming pool at something like four o'clock in the morning. You do two to three hours of swimming practice, then you go to school, and then they ask you to go back to the swimming pool afterwards as well. This sense of all in demands that kind of sense of uh, sacrifice, sense of dedication, sense of commitment to something. And that's what our series is really looking at. Um, What does it mean to be all in as the body of Christ? What does it mean to be all in as partners in the gospel? And over these next six weeks, we're going to use a Bible passage from Philippians as an umbrella over the whole of this um, moment of time, over the whole of these six weeks. And I'd love you, 
Maybe if it comes up on screen, just take a snapshot, snap, uh, snapshot of it, uh, get a, a picture of it, or write down this phrase, because this is going to be the umbrella scripture for the whole of the next six weeks. And it's this, Philippians 1, verses 3 to 5. It says this, I thank God every time that I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So you're going to hear two phrases over the next few weeks. One is all in. The second is partnership. And I want you to remember the word partnership from the context of this verse. In that, Paul here is reminding us that we are partners together in the gospel of Christ. We're not partnering with some sort of entity. We're not asking to be like law partners or legal partners in that sense of the word. But we are partners together in the body of Christ. I love in Ephesians where Paul is describing the church using multiple sets of imagery and words to describe the church. One is body. One is bride. One is family. One is temple. One is that we are living stones knitted together. This sense that we're also an army. This sense that actually every single one of us in our partnership for the gospel makes a valid and hugely valuable contribution. This sense that actually the church isn't built on one or two people holding it all together and running so fast ahead that everybody else is just trying to keep up. The church is us together moving forward as one, as one body. You know, we've just been to one event. The heart of Stuart, when he renamed Grapevine to one event, was to capture something prophetically in this word of unity, this sense that we're together, this sense that actually as partners in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you make a contribution to this. In fact, I don't know if you've ever thought about church like this, but church wouldn't be church in this place without you in it, without you here, without you playing your part, without you doing your thing. This church would not be the church that it is today. You might not think of it like that. You might not think, you know, you might think, oh, it could continue, it could could keep happening. But actually, you make a valuable and hugely valid contribution to the life of this body. And that's what the next six weeks are going to be all about. Over the next six weeks, we're going to unpack five strands of partnership across the live that actually are important markers for us in the life of our church. Next week, we're going to look at Sunday services. Why do we do this? Why do we gather? Why do we come together? Is there a biblical precedent for our gathering together? We believe there is. In fact, we believe there's a mandate given from God to never give up gathering. You know, so that's what we do on a Sunday. Then the week after that, we're going to look at connect groups. Why do we meet in small groups? You know, we could just get away with doing the big gathering, but why do we live life and celebrate life together in small group gatherings, and why is that important in a life? After that, the following week, we're going to look at our giving. What does it look like to be generous givers into what God is doing? How do we partner with God through perhaps one of the most precious commodities he gives us, which is finances? The week after that is serving. What does it look like to follow the mandate of Christ, the mandate of Jesus, in serving one another? What does that look like? If Jesus was the servant king, can you and I become like him in that area? And the final week of our 
all in partnership series is going to be on prayer. And I was so heartened this morning to hear Mike's uh, uh, cry for us to gather in prayer. And uh, this week is our Revive Prayer Week. And we have an opportunity on Thursday night to come together and pray. And also, closing this series, we're going to have another Revive Prayer Night. An opportunity, once again, to say we're all in. And we're all in around another aspect of the life of the church, which is we're a praying church who believe that all things are possible in God. So, what is this word partnership? What does it look like and where does it come from? Well, the word that Paul uses in this Philippians passage is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia, which is a beautiful sounding lyrical word, isn't it? And it really means the fellowship of believers. It's, much more, it's really about us fellowshipping together, joining together. John Piper puts it like this. He says, it's a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. A deep, eternal relationship with one another. There's something very special about this word koinonia. We're not just people who pass by and know each other for a moment of time, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ, given to partnering together in the gospel. Do you know what John Piper is saying there is that there's an eternal nature to our relationships together. We're not just doing life for the next six months, but actually we're establishing something for eternity in our relationships together. This sense of koinonia starts because of our fellowship that Christ purchased on the cross with him. It starts because he brought us into fellowship with him. And our role now is to draw fellowship together, to actually outwork the love of Christ amongst one another. I don't know what that looks like for you here in Wyndham. Sometimes it looks like overcoming difficulties. Sometimes it looks like overcoming things that we don't agree on and actually coming into a common understanding together. Sometimes it looks like walking through seasons of loss together. Sometimes it looks, through, it looks like walking through seasons of celebration. It definitely looks like what we did this morning when Joe is off to university, standing alongside and saying, we're going to commit to pray for you, Joe. We're going to stand and walk with you because we're not losing you. We're not losing you from this. We're in an eternal relationship together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And what you go and do and celebrate, we're a part of. And we commission you into that. And we send you and we applaud you. But we stand with you as well. And we go with you in prayer. And um, you're not distant from us. But in the spirit, we're alongside one another. And there's this wonderful sense in koinonia of walking life in partnership with one another. Partnership isn't this one person tells us where we're all going to go and everyone says, okay, we'll partner with that then. Partnership is us together, the body of Christ, walking out our Christian walk together. So today, you'll notice on your prayer cards that there are three pointers on your prayer cards that actually don't make a lot of sense at this moment of time. Can I point you to the website at the bottom of that prayer card because those points will be a little bit more eloquently spoken out on the website and give you some prayer pointers to really begin to pray into. But the points on your prayer card this morning are the points that we're going to focus on in our message this morning. And this morning, with our umbrella um, scripture of Philippians 1 uh, ringing over this whole series, we're actually going to go to the first few chapters in the book of Acts, and we're going to look at this koinonia, this partnership, this sense of 
the early believers in Christ being all in and what momentum that built into their life. And we're going to look at some of the things that God did in their lives and some things the people of God did in response to his grace being poured into them. And we've got three points this morning. Now, when I was a boy, my mum and dad gave me some of those um, adventure stories for boys. Uh, I started with things like the Famous Five, and then I got onto these ones where actually you get to the end of a chapter and you could choose the direction of where the book would go next. You could choose whether to go left or right, basically. So those kind of books. And when I read the early chapters of Acts... My brain leaps into that kind of adventure story mode. I don't know if you've ever caught the pace of the book of Acts when you start to read that through. But this early church, the momentum that's gathering pace, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to rest on his people. He fills them. They begin to speak in other tongues. And then thousands begin to come to know Christ in that very place. And then literally, day after day, miracles are taking place. Thousands more are coming to know Jesus. The church is being established, and it's spreading forth. And there's this wonderful sense that as the believers dwell together and they live life together in partnership, God pours his blessing on that, and great things begin to take place. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at three chapters really quickly. We're going to get a snapshot of it. And then at the end of the message this morning, I'm going to bring a, um, a statement to Alive Wyndham because I know uh, over the last few months it's been a bit confusing. We've been in a season really of confusion and uh, I want to bring some clarity from an Alive perspective of where we're going forward, how we're moving forward from here. So I want to close today's message with a real sense of uh, a direction for here, for us locally. Where are we heading and what's God doing in us as we move forward from this place? But I want us to start from Scripture and from an understanding. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd love you to turn to the book of Acts. We're going to start in uh, chapter 2, then we're going to go to chapter 4, and then we're going to go to chapter 5. And we're going to try and get some of the pace of what's taking place in Acts. Now, one thing I want to say right at the beginning of this is, obviously, when we read the Bible, you're all aware of this, it's split into chapters and verse. That's a really helpful way for us to navigate through the Scriptures. But, of course, in the original um, writings of these, those chapters and verse headings, weren't there or weren't as apparent, and it would be read much more as an ongoing narrative. And um, that's how I want us to read it. We're going to move through some of the chapters and headings uh, today. We're going to go through some of the breaks, in the, and we're going to try and pick up the understanding of the momentum that takes place in these scriptures. And I want to keep your eye on what God does, and then what do the people of God do in response to his So we're going to start first and foremost in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 41 to 47. We're going to start here. And our title, our point over this section is added and devoted. So being all in, God adds, and the people are devoted. This is what it says in verse 42 onwards. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
Verse, one, just, uh, verse 41, sorry, just before that section starts like this. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So I want you to understand that when we're all in, when we all gather in one place, when we're all together with one spirit, one mind, God does something wonderful in that. And we see it twice in this passage. We see it in verse 41. It says this, and he added to their number that day. Then we also see in verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There's an incredible dynamic that takes place in this Acts chapter that I believe is still relevant and apparent for us sat here today in Wyndham. That when we understand the power of our partnership in the gospel, when we understand the power of us all being in this together, that actually there's a release mechanism in God of him adding to us. But our response to that is our devotion to him. Do you pick that up in verse 42? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So our response to God adding to us is our devotion to him. It's devotion to all the things that God calls us to, the breaking of bread. It's called devotion to prayer. It's called devotion to his word. It's called devotion to one another, to the apostles' teaching, to the sense of we're in this together and moving forward. So as God adds to us, we become devoted. As we become devoted, God adds to us. This is an incredible partnership between us and God in this moment of time. I love as well in this passage, I mean, this is one of those great passages we can always use for that sense of the church devoting themselves to one another. As you see there in verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's this wonderful sense in this passage that they're not just coming together for a Sunday service, but they're actually living life in a rhythm where daily they're looking out for each other. They're living life with one another. They're not living life like our 21st century um, pushes to us towards, which is isolated, but they've devoted themselves to the community of faith together. And I wonder whether in our society today there's something that we could recapture of that community in 21st century uh, Wyndham that actually would represent God to, his, to this uh, lost and broken world. So point number one, added and devoted. God does the adding, we do the devotion to him. Point number two, and we're going to move forward now again at a pace. We want to now look into Acts chapter four. This moment of time, we're going to use the title filled and united. God does the filling, we are united. This sense that actually in response to his filling, we're united. In response to our unity, he does the filling. I love that. Uh, Earlier in the scriptures where it says, God commands a blessing on those who are united. Acts 4, verse 31 to 35 says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and and spoke the word of God boldly. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Again, that word, 
all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They bought the money from the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Whenever I read this verse, the word that jumps out to me is all. Did you catch that in the first few, wor- in the first few verses? After they prayed, the place was filled there, where there the meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. This sense about not an individual that's receiving all the goodness of God in this moment of time, but the power and grace of the Lord is made present for all of them. Everyone is filled. There's this sense that by being together, by being all in, all are filled, all are blessed, and all are moving forward together in this partnership of the gospel. There's something so powerful about our allness, being all in, being together. God does not call us to be isolated um, islands or silos working on our own. He calls us to be in fellowship and partnership with one another. So we're all in as the Holy Spirit fills us and we have a heart for unity. Developing a heart for unity is something that you will have to contend for. We have to contend for it. A heart for unity is not necessarily our natural makeup. I don't know about you, but I've grown up in a society that seems to suggest that Howard is the most important person to Howard. Uh, We seem to be in a society that's very egocentric. How do I feel about it? How will it make me feel? What will I get out of it? Where am I going to succeed in this moment of life? That seems to me to be the society that we are constantly bombarded with. I know for myself, when I was a, a teacher, Uh, Part of our training of teacher was to learn um, some theories of child development, and one of those theories was by a man called Piaget. And one of his theories was that children go through an egocentric phase of development. Now, egocentricity literally means that they are self-centered around that. I just think society has grown up as an egocentric society. We are very much living in a self-centric society. But that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to be an others-centric society. He calls us to love him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and to love each other as ourselves. This sense that actually we're not called to be egocentric as believers in Christ. We're called to be united. In verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. That's literally what unity is that we had one common heart and mind journey together. And do you know how it worked itself out again? Their unity worked itself out in them caring for one another. You know, it wasn't just that Peter stood up and said, this is where we're all going, and everyone joined in behind that. It actually worked itself out in this koinonia, this partnership, this living life together, celebrating one another, supporting those who are lacking, and ministering to those in need. This sense of that's what God calls us to. He calls us 
to this partnership in the gospel together. And this partnership released ministry with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord, and much grace was on every single one of them. This sense that actually, by the power of their unity, God's grace was upon them. So this sense that actually God filled them all, and they were united. So God filled, and they were united. Let's go on to our final passage this morning, and our final points are this. The final points are empowered and sold out. God empowered and the people were sold out. They gave it all. They got up at four in the morning to go swimming. That analogy, you know, they were all out for this. And we're going to Acts chapter 5 now. Acts 5 verses 12 to 16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. There's that added uh, dynamic again. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and they laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed. There's that all word again. I don't know about you, but this is where it gets super exciting for me. So no longer is it just about them gathering and meeting together, but now the power that's made uh, manifest in them as they've gathered together is now spreading out from them. Can you imagine that, that even as your shadow passes, people are healed? That's a new dynamic of healing, isn't it? That's a new level of healing. I loved Mike's faith this morning, it said, and we're going to see that in Wyndham. Yes, we will, because it's by faith that we see these things. And once we've seen it, we'll see it. But that's a new level of faith that actually as one or two of us walk past our shadow, people get healed in that. I love that kind of sense. I love that in the uh, scriptures as well where people pray over hankies and hankies are laid on people and people are healed through the power of God made manifest through those things. And I want you to understand that this is the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling on, living in, and residing on the people of God as they partner together. And in their partnership together, they then become those who outwork that power to those outside of their grouping. We're all in as the Holy Spirit empowers us, and we have a heart that is sold out. One of the greatest dangers in contemporary Christianity is compromise. It's one of those senses of, you know, I could do it tonight, but I might do something else. I could go to Connect Group this week, but I've got something else that actually is more important. I could go to that prayer meeting on Thursday evening, but actually I've got something else that demands my attention. The compromise area of our culture that we live in will rob us of this partnership unless we make a decision to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that looks like me partnering with the house of the Lord, partnering together in this. Now, forgive me, there are always things. There are always other things that will demand our attention. Okay, There are always um, priorities that come our way. But it is so important as Christians that we make a decision, a conscious decision, to know what we're going to partner with. Because otherwise, 
will just be robbed. If we just allow things to come into our world and steal from us, they will rob us of our focus. So give attention, even today, to say, do you know what? Beginning of September, 1st of September 2019, I'm going to make a decision. As for me and my house, we're sold out for this. We're in for it. We're going to make this happen. And just notice what happened under the empowerment of God. In verse 14, we see great growth. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So when the people of God are sold out, God brings growth. There's this wonderful sense that God brings the increase. Then also accompanying that were healings. You know, that whole sense of a new level of healings. Verse 15, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets. They laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them as he passed by. Could you imagine that in Wyndham? People bringing out the sick as, pe- as you walk through the streets of Wyndham. People are healed. As going to the local doctors and the waiting room of the doctors coming outside as they're healed as the people of God begin to walk into that place with such thick presence of God that sickness has to flee. Can we imagine that? Can we begin to see that in our day and our age? But not only do we see growth and then healings, but we also see something of the influence of God spreading across a region. In verse 16, it says this, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Can you imagine if a united body of people in Wyndham and the empa- under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit begin to see some of these signs and wonders, news begins to spread abroad. News begins to bring others from other towns in this region and area to come and see and then go again. This wonderful sense that actually God empowering his people, actually you see the influence of that spread across a particular region. Now, interestingly, the remainder of that chapter, verse 5, isn't quite as good news. What you see in the remainder of chapter 5 is persecution. You actually begin to see um, the body of Christ beginning to face pressure. But it concludes that chapter with a wonderful statement in verse 42. It says this, Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So even through persecution, they gathered together day after day, they began to partner together. And from that, you and I actually are able to meet today in Wyndham. It's because of the dedication of those early apostles that you and I are able to sit in church this morning, receive from the word, understand that it's the same God. We serve exactly the same God today who was pouring out his spirit upon those early believers. And you and I, when we understand that we can partner together in exactly the same way as the early believers did, we can experience exactly the same dynamic. So today, I want you to take away from this point, and you're going to pray into this this week on these Revive Prayer Weeks, that actually this week we're discovering that God is doing three things as we gather together all in, And we get to do three wonderful things. So God is adding, he's filling, and he's empowering. He's doing that to every single one of us all the time. He wants to add to you. He wants to add to a live window. He wants to add to this town. He wants to bring to faith those who are yet to know him. He has a deep heart for those who are lost. But he's filling you as well by his spirit. He's alive and lives in you. And today he wants to fill you 
by the power of his spirit. He wants to empower you. Joe, as you go to university, he wants to empower you. The spirit of God isn't the one that stays here. It goes with you. He's omnipresent. He's very much at the heart of where you're going and what he's doing. We go in the power of the spirit. And that's exactly the same for the rest of us. We go in the power of the spirit. But there are three great things for you and I to give our time and attention to as well. The first is devoted. Are we devoted to the cause of Christ? Are we devoted to the body of Christ? Are we called to live our lives together? Have we compromised? Or are we devoted people? The second, are we united? Are we united in heart and mind together? Do we have a common commonality around our vision together, where we're going? I love that word community. Literally means a common unity. Do we have a common unity together? And finally, are we sold out? Have we made that dedicated decision to say, you know, we're sold out for this? Or are we ver- verging on that compromise? Have we um, lived our life where, you know, the one foot in one camp, one foot in another? Can I encourage you today to make a decision and make a stand and say, at the beginning of September 2019, we are sold out for this. We're united together and we're devoted to the cause of Christ here in Wyndham. Which leads me to something I'm going to read. Uh, It's a statement for the location. We're going to record this as well because I realize there's a few people who aren't here today. And at the end of this, I'm very much available for questions and comments and thoughts as well. But I'm not going to do an open mic um, question time uh, because generally with those, uh, we only have a certain amount of time, so not everyone may be able to ask you questions. But I'm here afterwards. Please come and ask me any questions. And we realized that over the last few months uh, since Barry and Lorraine's leaving, we've felt a little bit in limbo uh, and not quite sure where we're going and what's heading. And I want to really bring some clarity about um, the future uh, for Alive Wyndham with this sense of us being devoted, this sense of us being all in and sold out and us moving forward together as partners in the gospel. I don't think actually this statement could have come at a better time with the series that we're in and as understanding where we're going together. I'm going to read it because we've uh, spent a bit of time uh, working this through as a location forum and I wrote it uh, over the last couple of days just to make sure that we've got all the details right as well. Uh, So forgive me for reading it, but I think it's better that we all get the exact clarity on it as well. Great. So on behalf of Stuart, Irene and the Vision Core team of Alive, I'd like to take this opportunity to bring you up to speed with developments in regards to Alive Wyndham and our future plans. As you're all aware, on Sunday the 19th of May, Barry and Lorraine served their final Sunday as location pastors of Alive Wyndham, having ministered in the town for 12 years. Prior to this, we, that is the Vision Core team, Stuart and Irene and myself, alongside Barry and Lorraine, had begun some work establishing a location forum that could see the location move forward on their departure. And on the 10th of March 2019, we announced and commissioned Nigel and Tammy, um, Lucy and Karen, that's Karen, Karen right there at the back, um, as location forum for the next season. And the next little, chapter, uh, next little block is what a location forum is. So this is what we state across a live a location forum to be. A location forum is the body of people who lead the ministry of live in the location. They represent the seven areas of church, namely Sunday services, pastoral care, expanding mission, children, youth, and students, influence, admin and finance, and leadership. And for the, those of you who are like acrostics, it w- spells out the word special. 
They meet periodically for sharing of information, prayer, discussion, and inspiration. Each member of the Location Forum also meets with the Location Pastor at regular intervals for more in-depth discussion around the area they, they lead. Now, of course, here we don't have a Location Pastor currently, so the Location Forum became or becomes the body of uh, leaders in this location that are locally leading the location. We're aware that um, Alive Wyndham is without a pastor in this next season, but feel confident that the location can be led by a location forum for a period of time as steps are taken to establish a new location pastor. Prior to Barry and Lorraine's departure, I began to discuss the next steps to establishing a new location pastor with the leadership forum. And we discussed three options. Option one, which is our preferred option, is that we would raise location pastors from within the location here, uh, training them through our Alive Academy. Option two, if option one isn't available to us, would be to bring location pastors from another location of Alive, again, training them through Alive Academy. And option three, if neither of those are available to us, would be to look for pastors from outside of Alive to come into Alive as location pastors of Alive Wyndham. That would be our third choice because culturally it takes a huge amount to shape the culture of a leader and if they come with an external culture to us as well, they'd have to go through our academy, etc. In March 2019, uh, Nigel and Tammy uh, made contact with Stuart to ask him to be considered as location pastors. This resulted in further conversations as we began to talk more strategically about their future ministry dreams and whether Alive was the place for these to be fulfilled. We talked about the route to becoming location pastors and we began to put a timeline together for this. As part of this timeline, we communicated Nigel and Tammy's desire to investigate becoming location pastors at the communication evening that we held on April the 24th. The timeline presented look like Nigel and Tammy becoming location forum team leaders for the next 12 months, alongside attending the Alive Academy, during which evaluations could have taken place to determine whether becoming Alive pastors in Wyndham was the right path for themselves and for Alive. As you're aware, Tammy is currently employed by Alive as the administrator here in Wyndham, and we offered Nigel the equivalent of one day a week's employment to take on the team leader role. Nigel and Tammy sought God in faith that he would provide finances for this offer to become possible, but the doors to enable this did not open. After prayerful consideration, on July the 5th, 2019, Nigel and Tammy had a conversation with Stuart and myself where they outlined that they understood from God that pursuing becoming location pastors of Alive was not right for them, and therefore they would not be looking to take on the location forum team leader role or attend the Alive Academy. Following this conversation, informed both Karen and Lucy of this decision. We uh, understand this was a real difficult decision for Nigel and Tammy, and not one that they've taken lightly. This whole process has allowed Nigel and Tammy to become confident of the call of God over their own lives, and they're deeply thankful to Alive for allowing them to journey this together. They have heard God in the call to Christian ministry and church leadership, and they will at some point in the future look to pioneer their own church with unchurched people. Nigel and Tammy are very happy to chat through this decision with any of you further should you require more details. So hearing from this, uh, sorry, hearing this from Nigel and Tammy has meant that Alive has had to alter our plans for the leadership of the location 
and begin to establish a new route moving forward. So firstly, we'd like to state, and this is on behalf of Stuart, Irie, and the Vision Core team, we'd like to state that Alive is committed to seeing the location in Wyndham grow and become all that God intends us to be in this locality. We are committed to Alive Wyndham being a location of Alive, and therefore our resources are now given to the future success here in Wyndham. We're committed to finding the right leaders to take the location forward, and our plan remains the same as before. Our ideal option would be for those leaders to be raised from here within the location itself with them being trained by the Alive Academy. If this is not possible, then we will train leaders from another Alive location and bring them to Wyndham. In the next three to four weeks, we will invite at least five new people onto the location forum here at Wyndham. And once this is established, then Nigel and Tammy will step off the location forum having served the location so well over the past few years. This will allow them space to further develop what they feel they're called to do. Alive remain committed to Nigel and Tammy and helping them understand God's call for their future ministry. Tammy will remain employed by Alive as the administrator for Wyndham. We're asking that each of us here continues in our support of Nigel and Tammy as they seek God for their future. These processes are never easy, And each of us has a role to play as brothers and sisters in Christ in loving and supporting them in their decisions. By adding the new members to the location forum, we believe it will be strengthened with greater representation from the location and greater support for both Lucy and Karen. The invitations to join the location forum will be made collaboratively with Karen and Lucy uh, to ensure that they're fully empowered in this process. We remain committed to training, developing and supporting the location forum. Initially, the forum will be what we call a first amongst equals forum, and it won't have a team leader uh, initially. We will all be seeking God as to who may arise to become the team leader, and in the future, the location pastor or pastors. This process will take at least 12 months, but we're keen to get it right and allow the right person to step up into the role rather than rush it and position someone before they're ready will be led by the Holy Spirit regarding the timing of this. Our local leadership structures for the next season remain the same. Alive is led by Stuart and Irene alongside the Vision Core team, and this is administered by the exec team, and the location of Wyndham is led by the location forum. By the end of this September period, the location forum will be seven members strong, or a minimum of seven, and a balance of ministry gifts and experience. We will be choosing members of the Location Forum or inviting members to join the Location Forum from those of you who already serve the location in a significant way. We're looking for those who display the right character, competency, and chemistry to allow the Location Forum to flourish in the coming year. We would ask you to pray for the Location Forum as it is established in the new season. Pray that God will strengthen and envision the team here in Wyndham. Equip them for leadership and unite them around a common purpose and vision. We're also asking that you begin to pray for God to establish the new location pastors and for people to arise with the call of God over their lives to lead the location into its future. We believe that the location here in Wyndham will flourish, that the best is yet to come, and that as we establish a new wineskin, then God will pour out his blessing upon the location here. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for your continued partnership in the gospel here in Wyndham. We realize this this season has been a difficult one to navigate for many of you. 
and your continued commitment and faithfulness to Christ and his church is wonderful to see. We understand that this season has caused confusion, and for a number of you, there are many questions regarding the future. I'm confident in saying that as the new location forum is established, clarity will come, new momentum will be gained. The next few months are a wonderful opportunity for all of us to rise in the giftings God has given us, to play our part in seeing the good news of Jesus spread across this town. So alongside praying for the Location Forum, I would ask you to commit to praying and seeking God for the part that he's asking you to be in the body of Christ here in Wyndham. And as I said at the beginning, I'm very happy to answer any questions at the close of our service today. Anything you have, honestly, I will answer anything. Um, even if it's a, I don't know, but I'll answer anything. Hopefully that's given you some more clarity of where we're at at the moment. The two big headlines in that are that Nigel and Tammy um, uh, will not be pursuing location team leaders here at Alive Wyndham and uh, will be at some point in their future looking to plant a church for the lost um, in, um, uh, in the future. And we are going to be strengthening the location forum here with a minimum of five new people. Um, There's a reason why five. We like to have a location forum of an odd number of people. That will get us to seven, simply because any then decisions uh, can't be split down the middle. There has to be a, a decision one way or the other. And we believe that actually by bringing in seven people in totality to that, actually that will give us a great representation of this uh, location. It will give us the ability to represent uh, a wide breadth of um, viewpoint, but also a wide breadth of ministry gift as well. Um, If you are serving in a significant uh, area in the life of the church, then with Karen and Lucy, we will be having conversations and invitations and all those sort of things over the next few weeks. So bear with us for a couple of weeks. We haven't started that process yet, but we will be starting this week. Uh, Bear with us for a couple of weeks, and we'll be outworking some of that over the next few days. And by the end of September, that new location forum will be established, and we'll be running forward um, from that moment of time. I'm going to finish now. Uh, I'd love us to pray. We're going to pray in two ways. Uh, The first way is we're going to pray into this whole area of partnership, this whole area of God binding us together, this koinonia, this living life together. And then we're going to pray our salvation prayer that we pray week in, week out, across the life, knowing that when we pray this, it opens a doorway, a possibility for people to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, which is perhaps one of the most important things we can do every time that we gather together. So I'd love us to pray. Let's um, bow our heads, and uh, we're going to pray first and foremost for that wonderful sense of God joining us together. Father, thank you so much for the scripture today that uh, Paul reminds us to thank God for one another, for our partnership together in the gospel. I thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ here in Wyndham. I thank you for every person here who loves you, who uh, knows you, and who is out working their faith in this place. And I pray over these coming weeks that you will bind them together. I pray that this word koinonia will um, become so evident in us as the body of Christ here. I pray we'll model something new to the world. I pray something of this community aspect of the faith 
will become so evident. It will be rich in us. Help us, O God, and save us from going away from this place into our silos, living life separately, living life isolated. And help us, O God, to embrace what it is to live life together, supporting one another, living life for one another. Reveal to us where there's need and reveal to us, O God, where we can support that need. Reveal to us, O God, where there are moments where we can come together and pray. Reveal to us, O God, where we can stand together, um, where we can walk together pastorally with one another. Reveal to us, O God, areas in the life of this body where we can be better brothers and sisters, where we can understand one another. I pray into any areas of disagreement as well, Lord. I pray that in this season, as we understand what it is to partner together, that any areas that have caused tension in the past, Lord, will be resolved. And I pray that uh, this body will move forward together. I pray, Lord, as well into this announcement and this statement that we've made today. I pray, Lord, for clarity. I ask, O oh God, that you'll, um, by your Spirit, reveal to us your direction. Holy Spirit, you're our leader. We follow you. We follow where you're going. Jesus, come have your way in this place. I pray, O oh God, that the schemes and the, the um, structures of man uh, won't take us in a particular direction, but the structures and systems that you want us, O oh God, will be the way that we follow. Speak, O oh God, we're listening. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see what you're saying and what you're doing. And may we be a body of people that understands what it is to follow you and move in the direction that you're going. And we speak life over this town. We speak the blessing of God to Wyndham today. We know we're here for purpose, O oh God. We know we're here to see your good news, your gospel message proclaimed and announced in this place, just as we've announced from Acts chapter 5, that it never stopped being proclaimed and never stopped being announced. And as that was proclaimed and announced, uh, many were added to. And we, prof- we prophesy in this place that many will be added in these coming years. Many who are currently lost will be added into the family of God. We call them in, O oh God. Uh, even we pick up the strands of the, the, the various things we've heard today, the prodigals will be called back in. Those who once knew, knew you, who perhaps been put off in some way, will come running back to you. I pray, Lord, that the church will reveal its loving arms. It will reveal its loving heartbeat towards the lost and the broken. I pray that those evangelists who are seated, seated in this place today will arise. I pray that there'll be a gospel message that's proclaimed across this town. I pray there'll be an empowerment of your spirit upon each person here. And I pray that every person in this body here, Lord, will arise, will take their place, will understand their position in the body of Christ, will understand who they are and what they can bring. And there'll be a wonderful sense in the coming season of a united body of people arising and moving forward together. So I bless you alive, Wyndham. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you. May he grant you shalom. May he grant you peace. May you know the Lord in this season of your lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.